Welcome into a little weekend edition of that SEC podcast. Here to break down my latest SEC power rankings after the events on Saturday night. Just a quick little recap here. We'll do our full show as always on Monday with Cousin Shane. But now that the SEC season's heating up, I want to give you guys a little extra episode here on Sunday to break down my latest power rankings. And as always, if you're new to this, power rankings, Team A, Team B, if they play it on a neutral field, who am I taking to win head-to-head? Doesn't always necessarily factor in in these matchups. You know, teams improve, teams get worse as the season goes along. So, having said that, let's get right into it. Number 14. Boy, Commodores, I don't even know what your identity is anymore. Used to be high-flying offense earlier in the season. Now, mm, the offense is, is a disaster. A.J. Swan benched, terrible intercept. We were t- I was touting him up, no interceptions. One of the only quarterbacks in FBS, one of two, with 100 attempts, no interceptions, threw a, just a god-awful red zone interception that really – you know, looking back, could have likely cost you that Missouri game. Now, your defense stepped up. Defense have been terrible. But is that your defense looked good or is it Missouri's offense look horrible? Man, what a <laughs> ugly, ugly slap fight we had this weekend in Columbia. Mistakes all around from both these teams. Mike Wright had to come back in to replace A.J. Swan. One thing I'll give them credit for, Anthony Orgy. He may be SEC Defensive Player of the Week, even in a loss. Tackling machine, interceptions, forced fumbles. I believe he was the one that laid the hit on Brady Cook that resulted in one of Vanderbilt's touchdowns there. So, hey, they haven't quit on Clark Lee. Just obviously the talent gap is significant. And when you lose to Missouri, looking that when, when they look that ugly, I got to put you dead last in these power rankings. Well, speaking of the Tigers, right there, not far behind 13. I mean, what the hell's going on up here? I mean, we, legitimately one of the worst offenses in Power 5. And this is what Drinkwitz is supposed to be known for. Brady Cook, horrible interception in this ball game. You know, I, was, I will certainly say the, the offensive line's not giving him a ton of help. We got Luther Burden involved early. He scored two touchdowns uh, in the first half. You know, this was this was a, a deal where you were up 17 to 0 at halftime. Looked like, hey, maybe we're gonna blow this team out. And then you basically no-showed the second. And once again, Harrison Mevis, I mean he's money at times, and then he misses at crucial times. Vanderbilt had a real opportunity to steal this win on your home field. That was just disgraceful. I mean, this should have been a blowout type game, but you couldn't put it together for four quarters. And now you're sitting here wondering. You know, what the hell are we doing with a quarterback? I mean, Brady Cook is is not getting it done. Coaches had a plan to put in Sam Horn. Where was he at? <laughs> I mean, I guess he could have made some mistake. It cost you the ball game. But, hell, you you damn near lost it anyway. So, I don't, I don't know what the hell we're doing here at Missouri. A win is a win. First conference win. Give him credit for that. But things have got to improve in a hurry here if you're a Missouri fan. On the bye week here, Auburn, not a ton to say. 
at least they haven't quit on old Brian Harson. They got a big, big game here with Arkansas coming to town after the bye week. Both those teams were on a bye this week. So we'll find out if Auburn is ready to crawl out of the cellar there in the SEC West next week. Man, even the Aggies are starting to come around. Jimbo Fisher, what in the hell are we doing? This offense is just god-awful. They have failed to score more than 24 points against FBS competition, I believe going back to that Alabama upset last season. I mean, it's just been dreadful. And South Carolina, two weeks to prepare for that game, and how do you come out? You go down in a 17-0 hole. I mean, just god-awful. Now, I'll give them credit. They didn't quit. They kept fighting in that game. They had a real opportunity late in the in the game to steal it, but just never felt like they would. No confidence in this offense. Haynes King making mistakes left and right. He just he is who he is at this point in time. Devon Allchain was great. Evan Stewart had a big game. You got pieces to build around. The defense kept you in that ball game, nearly won it for you on the road against a South Carolina team. Uh, you know, the best way to say it, Beamers won four in a row. Jimbo's lost three in a row. Those are the both, both those things have not happened at their current schools. It's just two programs going in opposite directions right now. Number 10. Another team on a bye the Florida Gators. Tough loss to LSU last week. But, hell, that, lo- that loss looks a little bit better now that uh, LSU has beaten Ole Miss. But again, on a bye week, I'm not really moving you up, not really moving you down. So Florida Gators got a lot to prove. Big game with the Georgia Bulldogs coming up. That'll tell us a lot more about uh, Billy Napier and how he's able to coach up his team during a bye week. Number nine. Big surprise here. The Gamecocks fans are pissed. What the hell? We just beat A&M. Well, they are awful. We beat Kentucky. Well, they didn't have their quarterback in it. As we have seen Kentucky this year, I mean, the quarterback is basically carrying that football team. So you got to do a little bit more than than jump on A&M 17-0 and nearly blow that game to move up significantly in these power rankings. You got Missouri. You got Vanderbilt coming up. Those wins probably are not going to do much for you either. But confidence builders for this tail end at Florida, Tennessee at home, at Clemson, a real, real opportunity here for Shane Beamer and company to announce that they are legitimate in the college football world and get a big time major bowl. Don't write off the Gamecocks just yet. They seem to be heating up at the perfect time. Number eight. Mississippi State, I don't know where the hell to put you. I mean, you looked great and now the last couple weeks you look god awful and the schedule is not lightening up on you at all. Hell, Mike Leach out here saying you're scared of Alabama and you you played like it uh this you, you damn near got goose egg you had to score with uh about a second left in the ball game to to get some points on the board against mighty Alabama just this team seems to be in shambles and maybe they just suck on the road awesome at home well we'll put that theory to the test when the Georgia Bulldogs come down to Starkville but I got zero confidence that they can even make it competitive after what we've seen the last couple weeks from Mississippi State. This team needs to show some heart and get up off the mat, finish strong. You still got some big games here, prideful fan base. You you got to just you got to be throwing showing a lot better effort than what you're doing right now. That was just pathetic on Saturday night, I thought. Number 
Well, Arkansas back in the left column of the power rankings, and really this is just because other teams losing, like Mississippi State, like at A&M. Uh, you know, maybe you can make the argument South Carolina, but hell, we've seen these two teams on the same field. It wasn't even close. I realized that was in Fayetteville, and Arkansas maybe take a slight step back from that point in time, but this is what we've been saying for weeks now. Arkansas has got a real opportunity here Rack up some wins in the back half of this schedule. As I put it out on Twitter, Texas lost, A&M lost, Ole Miss lost, Mississippi State lost. You're just winners all around on the bye week this weekend. Arkansas, one of the best offenses in the SEC when it's clicking. They're going to have to carry you here in the second half of the season. Number six. Kentucky Wildcats. I mean, it's tough to deny them going up against Tennessee and you know, I, I, a lot of Tennessee fans don't even expect this to be a ball game. I think it's going to be a dogfight here. And I think Kentucky, you they got some real momentum. Two weeks to prepare. Very balanced offense now. Even though the offensive line still struggling a little bit. Will Levis getting a rest up. Rest up some of these receivers. They may be able to have a little shootout here with Tennessee. Cannot wait for this game. Looks like the game of the week, in my opinion. They're going to be tested against some Tennessee Vols, but... Hey, you saved your season, you get the credit, and number six it feels about right for the Kentucky Wildcats. Number five. Ole Miss Rebels. I don't dock you a ton losing on the road at LSU. You got outclassed in the in the fourth quarter, no doubt, but still one of the best records in the country at seven and one. Gotta get up off that mat though. AM game next. It's a team you beat last season and of course A&M struggling right now so still a lot to play for if you're an Ole Miss Rebel but I think you're likely your chances to win the West I mean you you could beat Alabama if you win out and LSU loses I mean LSU's got two losses already they they probably lose to Alabama but the way they're playing they may give Alabama a ball game so you're still in it but your flaws were certainly exposed I thought in Baton Rouge against them Tigers Jackson Dart, just uh, I don't think he's going to win you a ball game with his arm. Something Cousin Shane's been saying for about a month now. And if that running game's not clicking, you ain't got much going on offense. So hmm, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform at, in the back half of this season. Number four. How about in the top four, LSU Tigers. Big time win. If This may be the first top ten win Brian Kelly's had. I I don't think it's the first, but his record is awful against top 10, but not here at LSU. Turning the corner here, Jaden Daniels, man, 11 touchdowns in the last two games. That's against SEC competition, brother, at Florida against Ole Miss. He's playing the best football of his career. This is, uh, we got to hand it to him. I, I didn't think he had this in him, but them LSU Tigers getting hot at the right time. Big game with Alabama coming up. Don't look now is what we've been saying last week. If LSU beats Ole Miss, check, done it. They beat Alabama. They're going to be first place in the SEC West with uh, some very winnable games after that Alabama game. So it's it's all going to come down to that one. Can't wait to watch it. Number three. Speaking of the Crimson Tide, number three got responded perfectly to that Tennessee loss. Walloped Mississippi State at home, taking care of business. That's what you got to do. Now you got this big game with LSU coming up. Bryce Young looked uh, as flawless as ever. 
Love to see that. Jameer Gibbs had a nice game. The defense, they've always had Mike Leach's number for whatever reason, and they still got it. Like I said, they, they nearly goose-egged Mississippi State. It took till the, the closing second of the game for Mississippi State to even get on the board. So Alabama, you handled adversity well and now still poised to win the SEC West if you can take care of LSU and Ole Miss in the coming weeks. Them dogs on a bye week. So not moving you up or down this list, but, you know, Georgia, still one of the best teams in the country, looks to be nearly a lock for the college football playoff that they continue it. These fans are circling this Tennessee game already. Oh, man, I can't mention Tennessee without Georgia people jumping into mentions, saying enjoy it while it lasts because it's coming to an end there in Athens, and it may very well. That's a tough place to play. Uh, Georgia. You're clicking at the right time. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't overlook them Florida Gators, though. You know, I, I would imagine it's going to be, if I had to guess, maybe like a 17-point spread. So I'm not saying they can compete with you, but they're going to want that one more than anyone on their schedule. And this is going to be an opportunity for Billy Napier, Anthony Richardson, to earn themselves a, a program signature win if you overlook them. I'm just saying crazy things have happened in Jacksonville. So uh, I find it hard to believe Kirby is going to uh, overlook them Florida Gators, though. He sure as hell hates, hates them nasty Gators. Number one. So number one, been number one on my board for a couple weeks now. The Tennessee Vols, red hot. I thought it was funny. T- leave it to Tennessee fans. It was uh, – Who's that idiot? Pat Forty. He's come out here and said, yep, Tennessee sleepwalking. It was 7-7 seven to seven against UT Martin. And then in a blink of an eye, it was 48-7. to seven. <laughs> Tennessee scored on uh, their first nine possessions, and eight of those were touchdowns against UT Martin. I mean, this was uh, something you had to be concerned about. Tennessee's not been here. Act like you've been here before. They haven't been here before. So who the hell knows how they were going to act against UT Martin, a team you should blow out of the water. That's what they did. They took care of business. Defense a little shaky, but forcing turnovers. And then the they got that got the ball rolling, and it was just a damn avalanche from there. Tennessee taking care of business like a number one team in the SEC should do. Nothing to dock Tennessee on this week, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, you don't – I don't raise people for beating FCS, but I'm not going to drop you either if you – you win by 40-plus points. It could have been easily 80 or 90 points if you wanted it to be. Number 